everybody. My name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, episode number 43. Thank you for being fantastic listeners. I am getting some great reviews in from listeners all over the world and I cannot thank you enough for those. I read them with such pleasure and they really, really lift my spirit. So please do keep them coming in. It's really wonderful of you to take the time to write an honest review because it does really make a big difference to the podcast and the way it moves up the podcast charts. And a podcast at the top of the charts is much easier to find for those people across the world who are in great need of spiritual training but who may not have access to it. Thank you also to my patrons. You folks rock. If you're interested in learning about being a patron yourself, a patron of the Psychic Matters podcast, there are some great benefits. Head over to patreon.com slash psychic matters and you can pick up all the details there. Meanwhile, Here is this week's episode. My incredibly gifted guest today is an international psychic medium, author, teacher and speaker with a career spanning just over 30 years. He is a certificate holder of the Spiritualist National Union, an approved tutor and course organiser at the Arthur Finlay College, and he has taught at some of the most respected schools for mediumistic development in the world. He has appeared many times on TV and has had three of his own television series. You might recognise him from The Psychic Detective, Street psychic and psychic school and as well as his tours and media appearances having a husband to look after and two beautiful children oh and a couple of ponies and some chickens <laughs> he has found time to publish four highly acclaimed best-selling books about his experiences as a spiritualist medium he has released seven teaching and instructional cds on communicating with spirits angels and spirit guides and he also runs his own training school in Billericay, Essex and online for developing mediums. He is here to talk to us today about working with altered states of consciousness often called trance mediumship and he is one of the most experienced trance mediums in the world with 32 years of practice to date. Tony Stockwell, welcome to Psychic Matters. Thank you very much, Anne. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's so great to have you here, Tony. I know there's going to be so many listeners squealing like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Tony's on. So could you tell us, Tony, or define for us maybe what is mediumship and then maybe what is trance mediumship? Because the listeners of the Psychic Matters podcast, some people have never really heard of mediumship at all, and some are professional working mediums, so we've got a big range. Of course. Well, um, mediumship is the um, ability of um, someone, um, such as you and I and others, to still our own minds that we become clear in our thoughts and in that moment of clarity after of course we've set the intention we may start to feel information that's not our own so it's information that hits the our consciousness that gathers from another source and that source we believe is from another soul being that happens to be um, discarnate as opposed to incarnate i.e someone who's passed as opposed to someone who's alive and those images and those thoughts and those feelings all come together in such a way that we become um, I suppose expert at interpreting those feelings and so an image of a lady in our mind with the sense that she worked maybe in a baker's shop with a feeling that she had many children become your first line of information i've got an older lady here in a baker's shop she's a mother of many children would you understand and of course if that is in, in indication that we're talking about someone's grandmother then of course you'll have a reaction and that opens the door and then once you have a reaction from our, um, our recipient other information comes much in the same way but the whole idea of that type of mediumship is that we're trying to give people an understanding that just because we pass over just because we die physically that our spirit selves go on 
And so what I've described, I suppose, it comes under the, the idea of um, evidential mediumship, trying to describe to those who don't know that there were, is an afterlife, that these loved ones are still there and dwell and are around us, is a very important part of what we do because it opens doors, it opens people's minds, it uh, allows them to, to see for themselves that this is not the end of physical death, but just simply the beginning. Yeah, that's great. So, and often you talk about this wonderful feeling of spirit people around you and how it feels like when they come close. Can you describe that? How how that is? How how that feels? Well, thank you. Well, the the, the, the feeling differs, no question. So, the mind of the medium grapples. I think to begin with, you know, when we start a reading, um, which I've just done a reading, fun enough, with a lady. Although it was mainly life guidance, towards the end, the feeling of a man, a man with a mechanics. He had his own professional garage. I, I can't honestly say that's a wonderful feeling because I'm trying to feel who have I got? Is this real? Does she understand? But of course, it changes enormously when, you know, the reaction is, wow, that's my granddad. And you feel a surge, an emotional feeling. And then you can close your eyes as the medium trying to become granddad, looking towards his granddaughter because she's going through, you know, some real pickle of life situations and this kind of thing. And that's that warm, loving, emotional, uh, deep feeling. But um, again, it doesn't come straight away. We have to work into that feeling. The first part is, who have I got? And it does stimulate the mind of the medium because we're so busy making this true and right and marvelous. But once it's received, then we enter into a totally different feeling because I suppose for the medium, it feels like we're being embraced by another soul being. And then it's not just about the facts. What, what, what takes precedence over that is the feeling of I'm still granddad and I still love you. And so whatever they're reaching out to offer, um, they're our recipient moves through you. So you, I don't know, you're experiencing like you're, you're in a sandwich of love. That's what it feels like between a living person and a spirit person. We hold space for them and it feels wonderful. Oh, how beautiful. And so what is the difference, Tony, then between mediumship and trance mediumship that you're so experienced at? Hmm. It's, a, it's, it's mediumship, so therefore you would imagine it is the same. But in reality, it feels very, very different. And to my mind, trance mediumship, I suppose it's that same wonderful, loving feeling that we've just described, you know, with, with normal communication, the feeling of once she knows it's granddad, we can close our eyes as the medium and move into a different space of conveying loving thoughts. So if you imagine that and tripling, quadrupling that feeling, that really is what trance feels like so you ha you'll have the medium and invariably but not exclusively but invariably we'll close our eyes and concentrate upon our breathing and the whole idea is we're trying to focus the mind of the medium to become clear and very very still so concentrating upon each inward and outward breath for me has always been very, very helpful. And we're setting not only the intention of friends from the other world come close to me and blend with me on a soul to soul level. Let me feel you friends. And then of course with time, because it's not something necessarily happens overnight, but with time we learn to trust. So there is a building of a power that gathers when another soul beings enters that space. And then there is this balance of, oh, how much, of the medium is aware of that wanting to be aware because it's a fabulous feeling knowing that we have to become less than that we're trying to tuck 
the mind of the medium somewhere in the heart of the medium so there's more of the medium for that same soul being to entrance and manifest through what does that feels like that feels like the most amazing surrender but maybe the word surrender isn't always helpful but imagine being very lightly tucked into the cleanest whitest duvet and held by the most protective arms that's kind of what it feels like and you're hold they're holding you as then they're able then either to speak words through the medium or maybe another another one of its manifestations yeah great and i've heard you say before that spirit have no interest in merging with our physical body they've got no interest in the physical but that they what they merge with is our spirit counterpart so that's what you're describing there is it absolutely well and of course this has always been very helpful when it dawned on me what was going on some years back and that is that there there is the um physical part of the medium there's the uh, emotional part of the medium and there is the mental part of the medium <clears throat> but housed within all of that human is the soul of the medium so the soul of any one of us there is this eternal light being there is um, a soul being from another dimension who is the the incarnation so although you may hear my voice and look at my 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 physical you may 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 hear the words i speak that's a manifestation of a number of things that's a manifestation of my my intellect my emotional response but also god willing is in part at the very least a part of my soul trying to convey so i don't want to be make this rather too confusing but that there is a balance of the human as it operates on a spiritual level and it's a combination of the things that make up the human and the things that make up the soul so when spirit come close i don't think that they actually see us as physical beings as we see each other so they don't necessarily necessarily focus at least on our arms and legs or our intellect and and uh, that sort of thing but what they are drawn to is the light of our own soul so the light of our soul so the more with time and and effort that we can surrender that we might surrender the physical need the human need to be uh, involved in this process the lighter we become and the more soul expressive and so the light of our own soul becomes so expansive and brighter and more available to that spirit person they're actually trying to merge with us on a soul to soul level so their soul and our soul blending together so you know in short they're not trying to embody our human they're trying to embody our soul being and so when that happens of course the thing to be aware of any one that's listening that's also an aspiring trance medium themselves is the reaction can be very human so as they blend with us on a soul to soul we might sometimes feel a rapid heartbeat we might sometimes feel flickering eyes we may sometimes feel dry in the mouth like we need to breathe in like we're breathing for two but those physical things that happen when we're moving into a trance like state it's just our human self reacting making sense of what's now happening and that is for a moment or two or an hour or so eventually we are holding space for another soul being so it is two soul beings holding space and as we hold space with them the human body has then to consider what what is this and so there is at times a reaction Yeah and I think some people feel quite frightened about that or there's a lot of fear around well not a lot of fear but people do experience fear around it so and I can understand that and especially to begin with it's almost like um closing your eyes in a crowded room 
and invite, inviting people you do not know to embrace you and hold you for some time. You wouldn't do it. Um, humans wouldn't no. do that. No, you wouldn't. They, I don't know you, anyone in this room, come and embrace me tenderly and hold me. We wouldn't do that. So what, when we're working with spirits, effectively what we're doing, at least our conscious mind is, is having to become very comfortable very quickly at the prospect of an unknown soul being becoming incredibly intimate with us in that soul's embrace. And the, the thing that I would suggest for anyone who wants to work on this level that they might uh, encourage, and that is to recognize that these soul beings that come love us so completely that what we focus on is not so much the embrace, but the enormous amount of joy and kindness and and love that we do feel when this blend takes place. And it is, it is blissful. It is blissful. Good trance is it's like we do enter a, a, a space of bliss. That's what it, what it feels like. But going back to your, your you know, your, your very, very um, <sighs> true point that some people might fear trance to begin with, they may well do, and I understand it completely. But when they surrender themselves to feel the love that comes within that embrace, there's no fear available, no fear needed. Yeah, that's beautifully put. So what would you say is the purpose then of, of sitting in trance and getting this closeness to spirit? Yeah, good. Well, um, trance has, has been around for always. You know, you look at other cultures around the world, they will dance to get into that same trance feeling. Some will meditate, some become very um, reclusive. Um, some may take other substances sometimes to enter this very heady space that makes us available. So we in this you know, Western world, and from my background, which is very much uh, through the spiritualist church, which I honor completely, um, my tutors were uh, very much of that same vein. And I was very, very lucky to, to, in my earliest development to see some very good and authentic trance mediumship. So to answer your question, I take my mind back to when I'm sort of 17 and 18, and I was sitting with people like Marcia Ford, and Joan Barham, who are names people do not know. And why should they? These are local mediums when I was growing up and they were, they were wonderful mediums and they were very helpful to me. But I would sit and I would be absolutely mesmerized at the process of trance where I might sit, especially with Joan Barham, who was a lovely medium. And she would close her eyes like she was meditating for the longest time. And then you would see a different, feeling come over her face and it's incredibly subtle and yet when you become used to that subtle feeling that shift the feeling beyond the visual is incredibly profound and it was literally like you were sitting in the presence of another soul being so the room would change and her guide uh, you know we often talk of the term guide would come in the guise of a nun, which I know people will snigger at. You know, why would why why would a nun come through a medium? That kind of thing. I don't know the answer to that. But now I potentially would possibly know more, and I would suggest that Joan, in herself, may well have been the reincarnation of someone who knew the same said nun, because I think now our guides are actually our soul friends from other experiences. So it may well be that Joan, the medium, had once lived the life of a nun, and the guide that was coming through not only was, you know, her, her spiritual sister, but maybe her, her sister in, in a convent or something like this. But either way, she would blend with this soul being. It was profound. The atmosphere would change. Her, the corners of her mouth would, 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 would kind of rise and fall and the lips seemed to quiver. And then you would hear a voice. It was, it was her voice, Joan Barham's voice, no question. But the intonation, the cadence, the 
feeling of the voice was very, very different. But more than that, the words and the kind of language it was used was very, very different. And it was always a practical application in as much there would be great advice being given. But what is the purpose of when I take my mind back all those years, it really made me recognize that the other world is a real world and it's full of real individual once human solar beings who are wanting to reach out and affect our world at times wanting to intercede on our behalf through through turbulent and difficult times etc it gave me a feeling of it being real it gave me a feeling of not being alone And that feeling intensified when I would sit with Marcia Ford, also another great trance medium, both ladies now long past. And she would have a guide to come through and he would announce himself as Tarpo. And um, Tarpo would speak. And I was very lucky because, you know, Marcia liked me and uh, she would invite me to her home where I would sit just one-on-one with her. She would go into trance and then I would speak to Tarpo directly now that I mean that was sort of you know looking back now what how lucky was I and he would speak and philosophize and I could ask any question and and, you know you could argue sometimes maybe the mind of the medium had affected some of that information maybe so but there were moments there were moments where such clarity was spoken you know to my questions and Beyond the words, the feeling in the room was, was, was different from normal, let's give Tony some advice kind of information. And it made me actually realize that with trance, it, it's not ever just about what's said or what you see or how there could be a change of temperature in the room with you know, the, the, the phenomena that is associated to trance. But it is that atmosphere that builds, which really says, we are here, we are about you, know us and know us more. And the more you relax, the more you'll be able to feel the power of the spirit. And so it it changes everything. And it's no longer about the evidence. It's no longer about words that suggest. It's no longer even about the philosophy. It's about trance creates a power. And I think it, it helps to produce the power in, in such swathes and such volume that you believe in that moment you're sitting within an extension of the spirit world. So purpose of trance, many, lots of different purposes, you know, when we start looking at transfig and trance healing and all those sorts of other things. But certainly it, it it encourages the seeker to feel the spirit world without having to journey there, you know, upon our death. It gives you a glimpse of an afterlife. And you always say that trance has to be felt. Absolutely. Yeah, you absolutely. And you're, you're so right. You, 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 the authenticity of the trance and the trance medium it cannot be measured by the game, the words and, and anything you may see, but it's the way it makes you feel. And good trance should make you feel as though you are in the presence of an evolved soul being reaching out on our behalf. Yeah, it's extraordinary because I have seen you demonstrate trance. I've been lucky enough to do that several times now. And it is about the feeling in the space. It's an extraordinary thing to experience rather than witness even. It's to experience it. So when you, I mean, also when you're teaching this, you teach about setting an atmosphere before you begin because that helps to build the power. Can you talk about that a little bit perhaps? Yeah, of course, of course, because sitting for trance, I'm going to say it's a holy thing, but the word holy sometimes, you know, we we look at that as a religious, you know, holy, which I don't want to do at all. But there is a, a holy, different feeling that's lighter and brighter and more in tune with that 
power that some people may call God or the great spirit or the power of the universe. And we're trying to align ourselves with a greater power that surrounds us to make all of these wonderful things possible. And so to set the, the, you know, the, 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 the space for trance is an important thing. And it starts with, you know, sitting in a well-ventilated room with comfortable surroundings and all the very practical things, sitting in a smaller group, you know, for the trance development, um, playing with the light to a degree, because although trance isn't all about the phenomena, there can be a phenomena associated to the trance. And that trance phenomena is light sensitive. So I'm, I'm a great believer that trance should not be demonstrated in the dark. Absolutely not. But I, 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 I love to sit for trance in subdued light, which I know people might think, what's the difference? But, you know, I like to know when I'm watching trance that everything's okay and kosher around me that no one's got up no one's moving around you know it's a silly thing to say but it is exactly what i like to know where the humans are so i can focus on where the spirit's coming in and so to sit for trance say in candlelight in a room that's full of frankincense myrrh and copal you know if you burn those three one one for incenses together it, it, it's already creating a different vibe from our normal earthly experience and then to have in the background there some other fabulous music that you don't need but is really helpful to the humans that sit to feel within minutes of um, um, holding the space for trance that we're being transcended moved into a different environment if you like and a different atmosphere and um it was once explained to me by someone much older than i and she was saying at the time do you remember the parties in the 70s you know and i said oh i think i do as a child thank god and uh, she said oh you know we used to change the light bulbs and you know dim the lights and put a bit of mute and i thought oh god i can remember my parents putting peanuts in bowls for a party and this and i thought yeah it's right i can remember them putting multicolored little tiny light bulbs in our lamps putting on a bit of Danish Roussos that I was going to play, having a little finger food already. And within no time at all, the big light would go off. And as, as a child, it would feel with a totally different vibe in the lounge, a totally different atmosphere. And so I know we're not talking about, you know, reminiscing to the 70s, but I want people to recognize that creating a different feeling in the room starts practically with the maybe sitting the people in a circle, turning down lights, lighting a candle, entering some incense into that space. And then we gather to sit. And when we ask the, 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 the sitters or the circle group or the, that sort of thing, to, or those who are witnessing the trance as an audience, I suppose, we come into the room having used the bathroom so we don't have to get up again. We have a glass of water so we don't have to ask for one. Because you want your group to be as settled as possible. You've got half an hour to an hour or so here where you want your group to be comfortable on seats, settled with water, and then you want to take your group into an understanding of what's expected of them before the trance medium trances. And all of these really very, very practical things may seem like, what on earth are you going on about? But if you can get those right, the humans right, the human environment right, it gives the spirit people a much, much better opportunity to come manifest um, here in the space. So to create the atmosphere then moves from the physical into the spiritual. <clears throat> so I think it's always preferable to, uh, you know, either the trance medium or the trance medium's helper or, you know, um, um, what would you call the master of ceremonies or something to take the, 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 the group on a mini meditation, a mind focusing, you know, um, exercise, if you like, where we are asked to be really clear why we are sitting, to set the intention, to focus our minds. So then the, as the medium begins to sit, 
we are working in accordance with, in harmony with, assisting to present an atmosphere in which the media might relax into that those then that come through in the trance can serve our group best. So what on earth am I going on about here? And I think it is the same with any demonstration of mediumship. If we, the audience, can get this right to where we feel we're able to relax enough that we can cooperate, that we are able to be as a co, uh, co-worker, well, there's another word in this entirely, but that we can become um, really helpful in the way we blend with uh, um, the energy of the room and produce an energy within us and that we can accept those who come from another dimension gladly that the trance medium can't go wrong. The trance medium is going to have the most amazing session for the room and the audience are prepared to support the medium in their mediumship. I mean, it's fantastic. I know because I've been lucky enough to witness this myself again on several occasions when I was watching you giving a trance demonstration and along with everyone else in the room, so maybe 30, 40 people, everyone seeing the same thing, such as many, many faces flickering across your face or watching your your face change shape or... Um, I've seen like from four feet away, a moustache grow on your face, a beard. You can see a beard. I mean, it doesn't literally grow, but, you know, that's what we witness. And it's not just my mind making it up because many other people are seeing exactly the same thing in the room. And they're all saying, oh, I can see a moustache. I can see a beard. So, Tony, is that transfiguration? Is that overshadowing? What is that? Very good. Excellent question. Um, well, you know, I've been talking to uh, lots of trance groups recently, you know, different trance programs, and we're talking about the, the, the visual aspect of trance. So trance in itself is the surrender and the blending of a soul of being with the soul of the medium. Then, then what may happen um, as they blend with us and they hold space for us is, as you've already said, the flickering of many faces over the medium's face. And so what is that? So the word that we generally use is transfiguration or transfiguration. And um, uh, when, when you look at transfiguration, the actual word, and I'll stand to be corrected, actually comes from biblical teaching or some kind of a biblical reference so if you put in transfiguration go into images on a google search you'll see wonderful pictures of jesus and ascending to heaven and the light that manifests from as he uh, rises into the other into the other realm and they, they, they refer to the word transfiguration so i think the word has been used by those who are well gone now long past to the other world possibly mediums you know from the late 1800s and early uh, 1900s and most of their religious instruction was from a Christian-based religion, you know, in the main. So I think the word transfiguration has been used. Um, what does it really mean? I think most people in the know will talk of transfiguration when it's almost you stand at the side of the medium or sit at the side of the medium, and there's almost like an independent face over the medium's face. So I've seen this before. I know it's going to be very true. Um, when I sat um, some years before the late Gene Skinner passed, who was a wonderful transfiguration medium from the Northeast, and I was lucky to sit with her on a number of occasions, and I looked at the side of her whilst hosting an event for Gene, and uh, you could see her face and its outline and, and, you know, that sort of thing is out, the outline of her face. And then over her face was a misty, moving, yeah, I'm going to say the word mask, but flimsy, moving mask. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So I often use the word transfiguration really when something's rather substantial that builds over the features of them of the, the, the face of the medium. Now, when you talk about these flickering faces, I don't think they require that same mask or that 
depth or that physicality to them. So what is that called? Hmm, I'm not so sure myself after all these years, but I think an overshadowing is a good term. It's a good space to do or a good, good word to use. Reflections of spirit, transplantation. There's lots of different words that we might use, but I think being overshadowed fast and furiously uh, when the energy is up and it's highest but you can't say it's not real because I know for a fact people often call out seeing people long dead over the face of the medium in a very profound way you know people often will cry and call out and they've seen people's faces uh, over the face of the medium, you know, most of my experience is just my own mediumship, but I'm sure it happens in other people's mediumship too. But that idea of seeing as an audience member the face of someone you love over the face of the transfiguring medium, you can't take that away from someone. I mean, that's the, the evidence and the confirmation that we seek out, isn't it? Yeah, and it's an extraordinary thing because I did witness that myself with one of my uncles flashed across your face for a nanosecond and it really took me by surprise. I was like, oh my goodness, it was extraordinary. I find that funny because, you know, I'm, I'm you know, um, maybe probably heavier than I should be, white, full-faced, and yet people will talk about seeing other relatives and loved ones that are totally different shape and size and... Uh, and skin color, skin tone, but you can't say, you can't see. So I was only speaking to one of my ladies only about maybe possibly three or four weeks ago now, and she's an African-American lady, but she said, I saw my mother. And, you know, the skin seemed to go dark, her mother's features for a moment or so. How the hell do you do you know, that sort of thing? Because yeah. that... Is, you know, you would you would imagine if it was just you know people looking and hoping that they might only see people that vaguely resembled the medium, whatever the medium looked like. But when you're having wonderful responses for people that come from different spaces in the world and different genders coming through, and they're convinced of what they've seen, I find that very exciting. Yeah, it is. It's extraordinary, and it is very exciting when you witness it. I have to say. And then trance as well, Tony, you can use the trance state when you're creating something, baking a cake, um, to speak about that as well, because perhaps we realize how they can use it, well, not just mediumistically. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, my, one of my favorite things to say at the moment is trance will enhance. And uh, funny enough, one of my ladies has sent me two T-shirts, very printed up with trance to enhance or trance will enhance, uh, which I think is fabulous. So if, for instance, uh, you know, you have a talent for playing the piano, um, you could sit at your piano, learn to close your eyes, call to the other world, friends, inspirers, come gather close to me. And if in your number there is someone who wishes to play the piano with me, come friends, come join me. And so you'd have to have the basic talents, I think, of playing the piano. But as you close your eyes to play, it may well be that there is other beings that are able to entrance, move into the space of the medium, and they move the hands differently. They create, they recreate melody, you see, that's outside of the experience of the medium themselves. And um, I'm reminded of the late Rosemary Brown, I'm pretty sure I've got her name right, who was a, a pianist who then learned how to become entranced by wonderful musicians of yesteryear that she was convinced were coming through and they would compose and play through her in this way. Those people with a, a talent to draw might increase their, their ability to create something spiritually by closing their eyes, moving into that trance-like feeling and allowing those artists from the other world to come through and, and influence the drawing. Those of you already said that can, can cook, that can create with food, they could close their eyes before they cook, move into that trance-like surrender, setting the intention if there's any marvellous Italian cooks in your group today or anyone 
wants to come work with me, come and inspire me. And so to the layman, as they continue to cook in that day, moving into a space of wonderful deepness, and I'm going to use the word surrender again, but cooking like they should cook, but feeling deeply inspired to add a little more of this and a little less of that, spirit can come through and cook all over again by, by inspiring the mind of the chef, etc. And you can pretty much, you know, talk of anything about anything, car mechanics, a hairdresser, makeup artists, etc. I think it's easier if you have a basic talent or a good talent for the thing you're working with, then it's so much easier for spirit to come in and gently inspire and offer a helping hand through inspiration. Yeah, so, and you can do that in a lit room and the workplace, etc. So, trance will enhance, trance will inspire and will improve anything we do creatively. Yeah, beautiful. And then going back, Tony, who were our early pioneers of trance mediumship? Where did it come from? Well, I think it's been around for always. You know, and I am reminded of my, my, one of my good friends. Her grandmother was a spiritualist medium, but um, when they, well, there's no television back then, and the grandmother would just sit and talk to her granddaughter who lived with her by the embers of a fire and would quite often close her eyes almost to fall asleep, and her guide would speak and speak to her directly. So, you know, I'm thinking of this one old lady from Yorkshire many years ago who would literally close her eyes and allow other people to speak through her. But there have been famous trance mediums before people have worked in this way. And not that I know lots about the work of um, Andrew Jackson Davis and people like um, like that that would work. Um, Ed, Edgar Casey, known as the Sleeping Prophet, the Bang Sisters. These peoples were known to go into a trance-like state. The late Ivy Northage who, with her guide Chan, etc. And then we had people like um, Grace Cook, who would channel the intelligence and personality of White Eagle, um, Estelle Roberts and her guide, Red Cloud, and that kind of thing. So there have been very well-known trance mediums over the years, but it's like everything else, not so much now, not so much now. There's a couple of trance healers that I know that, that work very well, I'm sure, and they would work through and with one of their guiding spirits, you know, to, to bring a healing to those in need. But it's almost, I, I, I don't see fallen out of vogue if that's clumsy, but where, you know, in my youth, you know, where, you know, sort of 30 from 36 years ago when I started, you know, I would go to a Sunday service and quite often the medium would go into trance standing up and offer the service or the address rather, sorry, um, in trance. And that was commonplace back then. No one thought anything strange in that at all. Uh, the medium would say, hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is, now it's time for the address. They would close their eyes, their head was tilted slightly to one side, and a voice that was not their own would speak aloud to the group. But we don't see that anymore. You don't ever see that now. And I wonder why, because if, if we are as a group of mediums desperately trying to bring the voice of the spirit it's almost like we've lost the confidence to do it. And so where where do you think it could go, you know, in the future? Where do we think, where do you think we're heading with, with trans mediumship? Well, I'd like to say, you know, it's going to have a resurgence, which I do see, you know. So, you know, from the trans groups, there's, there's a good number in trans groups now of 30 and 40 people, you know, in a group. And then they, 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 they move into smaller groups from a larger group and, you know, from different trance workshops and trance mentorships, et cetera. I mean, maybe there's a, sort of 100 people under my wing or something like that or have been um, that are sitting for their own trance now. So God willing, from a good 100 people, 
there's going to be a good number of those who are going to take their own classes. They're going to sit to demonstrate for the public. They're going to, to become trans healers, transfigure, etc. So where will it go? Hopefully on the up. Hopefully the resurgence. I think because trance, it asks normal people, people who are just inquiring to believe that as we close our eyes, we are joined. And I think because in the, in the West, we're quite skeptical over this sort of thing and for good reason i'm sure but if people just be open-minded enough to support the mediums who are advancing that are developing and recognize it's not to begin with at least all about the healing and all about the transfigure and all about the voice but rather more the atmosphere and look to that first what i hope is trance will become commonplace Trance will be very much back on the map. And I think if we have some good, good trance mediums around, it can be so beautifully convincing that spirit truly are coming close and uh, walking among us here um, on, on, on the earth. That if we can allow people to recognize that as true and valid, then I think what trance may become is a very real portal between worlds, because I'm quite convinced, again, that trance mediums become a portal between the two dimensions, and that anything can happen when that truly opens. So exciting. And you are a fantastic teacher, Tony. And I know that you've been teaching trance mentorship schemes for years now, and you have one that's about to begin again this year, later this year. What if people were interested in going on those courses? Can you explain what you teach and maybe what people might experience on those? Yeah, sure. Of course. Thank you for asking. Uh, well, you know, uh, the, the, the new trance program is uh, um, monthly meets with me, um, me desperately trying to present something I've never said before, a unique perspective with regards to trance, giving practical advice of how to sit, what to sit for, moving each month as along to different aspects of trance. And all during that time, uh, after the first few months, giving people an opportunity to set up mini groups that sit, you know, weekly, that people then can put into practice uh, what it is I'm trying to teach. Then we get together, I think it's two sessions in the course uh, that people sit with me uh, on a one-on-one -on -one that I might advise and move them on a little bit more of their trance. Some opportunities to watch me demonstrate trance mediumship is another thing entirely. So I sit exclusively um, for the groups assembled. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's anything and everything, but trying to support, trying to come up with fresh information and giving people the, the courage, I suppose, to sit for their own trance development in a way that feels safe and authentic. And of course, you know, holding people right when they have a little crises of faith and that kind of thing, because the whole thing is so marvellous that I think sometimes their human cells battle is this possibly real? Because it's almost too marvellous to, 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 to behold. But I think that's what's so wonderful about your mentorship programs, that you are there to secure and support and nourish and nurture and guide. And it's such a safe and beautiful space to learn and develop in. And also with you, I've been lucky enough to do mentorship programs with you in the past. And you always teach from a place of almost direct connection from spirit and so your teaching is always completely fresh in the moment and i think that's what's so exciting about it oh bless you for saying so yeah it's very kind but you know i i, I just pride myself on desperately trying to present something that i've not thought of weeks before so i think a great part of spiritual teaching is also trying to be open to fresh layers of information so I do see teaching our work, whether it be trance, mediumship or anything else, um, as a part of mediumship. So we're attracting fresh perspectives from other minds. 
And so just before you go, because I know you've been speaking to us for a long time and we so appreciate it, but perhaps for those people who, for whatever reason, won't be able to come to one of your mentorship programs, have you got a small exercise you can advise them, maybe something that they can do just in that light trance state? Oh, absolutely. So it would start with sitting comfortably and uh, sitting in a space you're unlikely to be uh, disturbed. Maybe it's turning down the lights a little bit. So it's creating that cosy atmosphere um, um, with eyes closed, focus on the breath, deep and rhythmic. <sighs> Concentrating on each inward and outward breath. And I would simply breathe for a minute or two, which may seem an awful long time, but it works. Sit to breathe. And when a conscious thought jumps into your awareness, breathe and take the, the concentration back to the inward and outward breath. And then send in a thought clearly, concisely, guardian spirit, come close to me. So attract one who no doubt walks with you in any case, as done for always. Come blend with me, come move into my space. And then take them the thought back to the inward and the outward breath. And then maybe some minutes later, I encourage you again, friend, come blend with me, come sit with me, back to the breath. And then as you go back again, it will feel different each time because the process of trance is subtle yet profound. So each time you go back, come close, you'll start to feel they're much closer than you realized. And what you're looking for, the, the goal here is almost to sit like you're being embraced by someone who loves you more than you've ever realized. And it should feel warm and centered and good. Sit maybe 15 minutes at a time and then breathe, moving fingertips and toes, grounding yourself and come back. No fear, no theater, no silly, just a gentle blending feeling of loving soul beings. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for going through that. That's just wonderful for people to have that to try out at home. Tony, thank you so much for your time today and, and sharing so willingly uh, your knowledge for everybody here for the for the Psychic Matters podcast. We really, really appreciate your time. No problem at all. Thank you, Anne, for asking me. Thank you. Well, that was Tony Stockwell giving us as much information as he could in the time we had together about trance mediumship and associated phenomena. I do urge all of you to go sign up with Tony for his online trance mediumship and associated phenomena 10 month mentorship program. If you are interested and would like an application form or want to know further details, please send an email to Tony Stockwell PA at gmail.com PA personal assistant Tony Stockwell PA at gmail.com, which funny enough, will come through to me as I'm helping Tony with the administration for that program. So if you do email, please let us know what you thought of this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback. You could write a review for it as well on iTunes or Stitcher. That would be great. All the links and resources mentioned by Tony in this episode can be found in the show notes plus a full transcription. And those show notes are over on my website anteato.com, A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O.com. So head over there and you can pick everything up. Do come and join the Psychic Matters podcast Facebook group page as well. There's some interesting discussion going on over there about all things paranormal. I'll be back with you in a fortnight. And meanwhile, our collective huge thanks go to Mr. Tony Stockwell for agreeing to willingly share his wisdom and expert knowledge with us all. Have a very successful couple of weeks, everybody. Keep well and until next time, my name is Anne Teato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters 